Hi, everyone. I'm Denise Garth, Chief Strategy Officer at Majesco, and you're listening to the Future of Insurance Industry Leaders podcast series. Follow along as I interview the best and brightest leaders in the insurance industry and insure tech landscape to bring you the latest in digital transformation, innovation, industry trends, challenges, and opportunities, as well as next-gen technologies. We use our experience to anticipate what's next without losing sight of what's now. Stay tuned to find out your next now. Welcome everybody to Future of Insurance Industry Leaders. Today, I am thrilled to have Ryan, the co-founder and CEO of Glovebox with us. Um, Ryan and I have gotten to know each other probably over the last three to four years, and they are doing some amazing things. And we have a developing partnership with them. So welcome, Ryan. Thanks, Denise. Give a little bit of background about yourself, Ryan, about Glovebox, and then kind of what we're trying to do, because I think your background speaks volumes to what it is that you're doing with Glovebox. It's fun to go back down memory lane and how this thing started. It feels like a decade ago. You know, I grew up in insurance. I don't want to say I was raised to do this, but my dad has been in insurance for almost 40 years. He's one of those entrepreneurs that failed a lot before he found something that worked. I mean, it just happened to be insurance. He actually started our family agency with $15,000 loan from my grandma. It's kind of funny how it all started with that seed money. Started an agency back, like I said, it was about 40 years ago here out of Colorado. I remember, you know, sitting at the kitchen table with them, you know, licking stamps and envelopes, sending out marketing letters <laughs> to people, trying to drum up some quotes. You know, that's how it was back in the day. Fast forward to 2011. That was really when the recession was winding down. So kind of an interesting time to come into the business. He came to me and he said, hey, I really want to grow the family agency. It really wasn't that large at the time. We were about $5 million in premium. I think we had maybe six people at the agency, sales and service. Yeah, little little mom and pop shop that they had built. They had done a good job. But he said, hey, I need help growing the agency. It's time. And so I took the jump. I took the leap. I had no, like most people, it's like, I I don't want to get into insurance. Like, it sounds boring. Why would I do that? Well, you get sucked in, as you know, as people learn. I jumped in head first. I started selling. My first day, he threw me a stack of X dates on my desk and said, good luck. For those of you that don't know what X dates are, Those are the prospects that you didn't sell yet. So those are the ones that had quotes prior that didn't buy. We call them X dates. So he threw that down the stack of X dates, said hammer the phones. And, you know, that's how I started in the business. That was in 2011. Started working into the sales process, sold for two years, grew my own book, said, hey, I think I can train people how to do this. Uh, You know, it doesn't seem that, that difficult, right? I said, hey, let me go recruit a team. Let me go put a team together. And let me start spreading the knowledge of what we had created other people. Because as I always tell agency owners constantly, you as the principal doing everything is not scalable. Like you have to be able to pass your knowledge on to other people to scale your business or else you're never going to grow. It's very uncomfortable for a lot of people, as I'm sure you guys have experienced at Majesco. It is painful and uncomfortable to pass things on to other people that you hold so near and dear to you. But it's letting go. And my dad is like very difficult in, in getting to move in that direction. I'm like, let go. We got to let go to this process. Like we can train other people how to do it. Got him over the hump. And I went and recruited like seven or eight agents that were either 
pretty green captives or new to the business. And I just said, Hey, you seem like a go-getter. You seem like you can sell. I can teach you insurance. Opened up that agency. That was like 2014. We opened up like a separate location with just us, which was an interesting work experience. Trained that team, showed them how to market, how to sell, you know, fed them leads for a while off of my lead flows, got them up and running to where we were producing, you know, between four or 500,000 in premium a month. After that, we said, wow, this is kind of a scalable model that we can continue to grow. So we continued to grow that out up to 2019. We were up to 200 agents. We had expanded to 10 states across the Western half of the US. We had grown our book to uh, just right around 100 million in premium. And mind you, this is a pretty much 100% personal lines. We didn't really do commercial. And then we sold our agency to private equity in 2019. So that is... That was our run on the agency side. It's kind of wild to go back down that road. And then you took some of that money and you invested it into Glovebox. So talk about what were the driving reasons for starting Glovebox and kind of what has shifted along the way? I remember <laughs> the first conversation we had at InsureTech yeah. Tech had those metal, those metal business Good. cards because it was so unique. Started out very, very different from where yeah. you are today. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I a friend of mine in our industry, he's an agency owner. He actually, the other day he posted, he's like, Hey, I'm going to build my own tech because I don't like the way this runs. And I messaged him on the side. I was like, Hey man, that's how it starts. Like, be careful. Like you go down that rabbit hole, you know, it's hard to look back. It was like 2017. We were still at the agency and I'm sitting at my desk and we've got easily 35 CSRs at our agency easily, probably more, but we kind of floated around that 35 range. We were getting 13 to 14,000 service requests a month, give or take on the month of people that needed things. They, they were confused. They didn't know who to work with for what. They're like, do I call the carrier? Do I call you? I need changes. I need to pay a bill, start a claim. And so I'm sitting there at my desk and I'm listening to our uh, CSRs answering the phone all day long. And the fact of the matter is not only were people waiting on hold for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, just to get a simple thing. Once they got actually taken care of, they were so unbelievably frustrated in the process. And I was like, just sitting at my desk, I was like, this is not scalable. And it's not something that can be sustained as people's digital expectations are, are beginning to rise, right? This is just when the carriers were starting to put out some of their mobile apps and, and client portals. And so I, I was like, man, there's gotta be a technology that can help with this. Like, this is silly. And, and I understood the client's frustration. I was like, cause it's not cut and dry. You don't really know where to go for what. It's, it's definitely case depending. And so they needed some direction. And I was like, wow, like someone should create a mobile app for this. Like it's just, you know, easy mobile app, direct people to where they need to go, give them their stuff, easy, easy, right? And that's kind of where it started for me. Lo and behold, it's not that easy. <laughs> and, you know, that's what I learned through, through the process. So I'll never forget it. I had the idea and I'm telling my brother, who's my business partner, Sean, who's my business partner. I'm just sharing the idea with them. I was like, you know what? I'm going to set a meeting with a carrier just to see what they say, right? I just want to know what, how they feel about this, this concept, right? So I set a meeting with travelers and it wasn't even like like decision makers. It was just like our rep. It's like, I'm going to see what our rep thinks. It's like, all right, cool. So I spent all weekend putting our first presentation together of this pitch deck of Glovebox. I get to Monday and the meeting comes and they no show me <laughs> and they don't even show up. And I'm like, great. <laughs> so I spent all weekend putting this pitch deck together and they didn't even show up. <laughs> 
So that's how it started. That's how the idea came about. So along the way, you've kind of shifted what the solution is. So kind of talk about what the solution is and talk about it in terms of the agent and broker channel, which still is an incredibly important channel for insurers and for customers. But that information flow and connection, you know, between the carrier and the agency, the agent yeah. and the and the customer, it's really challenging at best. And that connectivity, I mean, I used to work at Accord and it was the upload download process yeah. and the paper forms. There's still a lot of that still out there. And we really have to get onto a, a modern and next gen type of technology. So kind of talk about all that. Yeah, I, I guess I just couldn't understand the fragmentation between different parties, different stakeholders. I just didn't get it. It didn't make sense to me. I was like, why? <laughs> like, why is this happening? I didn't know if it was an ego thing. I didn't know if it was just a lack of tech-driven people that wanted to better the process, or maybe it just, the capabilities just weren't there. I don't know. I didn't know what it was, but I was like, somebody has to solve this. This is stupid. You know, what we set out to build is a carrier-connected client experience where I could take Safeco's, you know, at the time, their new mobile app, I could take Travelers' new mobile app, Progressive's new mobile app, I could pull in those capabilities, aggregate that into a single platform, and then add the agent workflows. It's a very elementary concept at its core. And that's really what we set out to do in the beginning is get those carrier connections, create that experience, add the carrier workflows, and present it to the policyholder so that they can get a unified experience, regardless of what they're looking to accomplish, seems pretty simple, right? So that's kind of where it started. I mean, it's evolved into this core agency system because once you start opening up workflows for agents, you're like, well, if we're going to do that, we might as well fix this because you can't have A without B and then it gets you to C and it's you have to do it. Like you don't have a choice. So it's really evolved into this huge project where we've got over 30 carriers connected and we call it active policy monitoring. So we're literally monitoring those policies for consumers and agencies, checking for updates to documents and data and uh, soon to be billing. We're bringing in live billing into the interface as we've talked about before you and I. That's one segment of our business. We've got our AMS team that connects to AMS systems to get data as well for the carriers that we're not integrated with. So we have that data coming in. We've got our product teams, both iOS, Android, and web for the policyholders. We have different departments there. We have our core system engineering team that works on all of the piping that runs throughout the experience. So it's really ballooned into this bigger platform that essentially, if you put it in front of a client or a prospect, it can do everything that you need to do with your policyholder. Do they need to make a change? Do they want to buy more insurance? Do they need to just access things? Do we need to send notifications to them based on trigger points in the policies? And it's going to continue to evolve. I mean, our roadmap is deep with what we think we can do, but long story short, it has ballooned <laughs> big time. Yeah. I always like to describe it. You've heard me describe it this way as it's really a next generation agency core management system with far deeper capabilities to really help manage relationships in the business and the connectivity to the various different carriers you might be working with. Yeah. I mean, I find it interesting. You know, we see last year was a big year for like client experience, customer experience. We see it all the time. You're big in putting out blogs and I'm sure you put out a lot of information and content around client experience. I think if we backtrack it and just look at it from a policyholder's perspective, 
it's not that hard if we just look at it outside of the lens of an insurance professional and just say, what would I want if I was a consumer? How would I want to do this? What would make sense? How is this easy? How is it enjoyable even, right? So that's kind of the lens that we try to take with our product is let's go from the policyholder back and look at what they want. And that, in addition to my engineering team has no insurance experience, zero. They have no clue how AMS systems operated before we educated them. They have no clue how carrier systems operated before we educated them. So they're coming in with no pretense. They're looking at a problem and saying, let's create a solution for a problem. It doesn't have to be what we used to do or how we think it should work based on our experience in insurance. Just, we have a problem here. How would you solve it? Yeah. Well, one of the areas that we're having our teams kind of talk together on is really that connectivity uh, between policy and glove box but also billing in the approach that insurers can help service not only the agents, but the customers better. That a lot of times customers are coming through the agent for some of this stuff. Talk about how this is going to be different. And to your point, being much more customer focused, recognizing that the agent is a key part of that kind of connection point. I mean, we're firm believers empowering people with data, right? You empower people with data, they can make better buying decisions and more buying decisions. You know, I think people don't buy insurance because they don't trust insurance, right? They don't, I don't need that umbrella. That agent's just trying to upsell me, right? Or I don't need life insurance. Why would I need that? I don't need that endorsement. They're just trying to upsell me to make commission. I think that's kind of the precedence that we've set with the fragmentation in our systems. But if we can deliver real-time information to consumers and keep the agent in the loop on the process who's driving these clients into the funnel, we can empower clients to make better and more buying decisions. And that's really what it's about. The service piece is great. The policy monitoring, making sure people pay their bill, make sure they don't lapse, make sure they have the correct coverages. But what it does is it surfaces opportunities to sell more insurance. It surfaces the opportunity to offer endorsements. It surfaces the opportunities to offer more policies at specific touch points. It allows clients to make decisions based on their live data and not just an agent or a carrier sending them an email yakking at them about how they should buy more policies. That doesn't move the needle. So I think that's really the end game for us is, is showing the stakeholders in the equation how data can actually empower significantly more revenue whether yeah. it be retention or buying more insurance. And really, so that's kind of our strong feeling on what we're building. One of the things that we've talked about is that connectivity. And I know in our most recent consumer research, we did a webinar on it last month, but we're getting ready to publish that research. Agents and brokers, regardless of the older generation or the younger generation is still number one at the top. Yeah. Now, granted, there are multiple channels that customers go to to research and potentially buy, but agents still are that top channel. So with all of that, what has been the accomplishments that you've seen in the adoption of the solution by the agencies and agents, as well as insurers, and what's been the value kind of delivered, you know, without naming the company, there's one company in particular, we've talked about one insurer that they've been able to really kind of dramatically change how it is that they're really supporting the agent workforce in a different way because of your technology. I like to think that our technology has brought about, you know, a different thought process at the carrier level. They're not thinking so one-dimensional. They're able to step out of the lens of a carrier and look at, again, the policyholder. How is the policyholder operating? What do they need to do? 
you can't remove the agent from the process. You just can't because so much relies on the agent within sales and service. You just can't do it. So I think that's been a big needle mover for us as we've shown carriers another way, not a different way or a this or that way. It's another way. It's another way to support policyholders based on what they want. And especially when we're playing in the independent channel, it's like, you've got to think omni-channel with your approach. It sounds cliche, but you're not going to make it longer term. Like it's just not going to happen. These policyholders are becoming more savvy. They're demanding better resources. And, you know, the days of them putting up with, I got to spend an hour on the phone to talk to somebody about this, that, or the other, it's just not going to fly. So that's been the big thing for us from the carrier side. I would say from the policyholder standpoint, it's introducing them to a better way to service, right? We haven't put out a lot of our sales-driven roadmap products yet, but with the service side as kind of our step into this platform, we've introduced customers to say, look at how you can engage with all of these stakeholders in one place. At the end of the day, they don't really care who's doing what. They just want it done. So let's just show them a way to get it done. And I think that's been the big thing for our users is they see a way to just get stuff done. When we've been working with you over the last couple of years, it's really an outside in perspective. And what I kind of try to call is that it's that customer holistic experience. Yeah. To your point, they don't care that they bought from three different carriers. They just want it to see it all together and not in three different places. Yeah. Cause you can see the hassle coming down the road. <laughs> it's like, Oh God, <laughs> you know, now I get all this paperwork in the mail you know, what am I going to do with all this? And then, you know, I'm going to throw it away. And then six months later, when I need something, it's going to be a nightmare. We're trying to ease that pain of like, Hey, look, it's going to be right here and it's going to be okay. When yeah. you need something, it's going to be here. So I think it's that kind of a uh, security blanket for consumers. You really are very interesting in sure tech startup experience, but also at the same time, what you're experiencing is it's not just about bringing something new and exciting out to the market, you're really bringing something out that's really transformative. And it's really a transformation initiative. And those could be, they're tough, they're exciting, and they really take thoughtful approaches. What can you kind of give to others listening to this podcast? What are the key learnings that you've gathered so far in your journey, both as an insure tech startup, but also providing a solution that's pretty transformative? A lot of advice. You know, the first thing I would say, and I was actually joking with our CTO about it the other day. I was like, you realize like we built this thing in the public eye. Like we didn't build it the whole thing and then release it. Like we've been building it in the public eye for years. That's a different animal because you open yourself up to scrutiny for the point in time that your product is at. Because when you're building tech, as you guys know, I mean, you build very intricate systems. You can't just slap it together and throw it in the market and it's going to work. You have to consider a lot of things when you're putting product out and it just takes time. So I think that's the one thing is like considering whether you want to build your product in the public eye or not, because that does add an extra layer of pressure. The second thing is, is not promising things at certain points. You know how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> over promise and under deliver. Yeah. I mean, we've made that mistake before. You know, we told people that commercial was going to be out six months ago and I wish it would have been, I wanted it to be, but it just wasn't ready yet. Just wasn't there yet. When I put out a piece of product, I want it to be good. I have standards. We're a premium product. Like, you know, hopefully others would consider themselves the same if they're coming into the insure tech space, you've got to hold to your standards of product, but yeah. Don't promise deadlines because you will never hit them. <laughs> like it's just not worth it. 
Yeah, the juice isn't worth the squeeze on that. And sure tech is hard. It is not easy. You guys know. I mean, this is a tough game. You've got to be thick skinned. You've got to be absolutely persistent. You have to be consistent in your processes. This is not a game for the weak at heart. If you have a hard time hearing no, this is not for you. You could probably speak to it just as much as I can, for sure. I mean, you know. Yeah, but I think you had an interesting background. You helped run a business. And so you knew what you have in place for some structure that really... Yeah. Just didn't allow you just to kind of go big sky and just kind of do all kinds of interesting things, but without kind of a business structure in place, Ryan. Yeah, that definitely helps. But I think it was a gift and a curse because I knew what I wanted to build and the gap between what I wanted to build and what was reasonably being able to be built in a time frame was, you know, completely vast. <laughs> you drive yourself mad <laughs> over that. It's like, well, we can do this and then we need to do that. And then we have to connect this system for this workflow. And it's like, that's literally your brain all day, every day for years. And so it's finding balance between understanding what reality is, what like your pie in the sky dream is, creating market fit in the beginning, understanding what that core element of your system is. And that can be really difficult. Finding market fit is tough, you know, and finding things that, is this solution already out there? Is someone already doing it? Or are you just bettering the widget? Are you creating a totally different vertical that nobody's ever thought of before? I don't know if you've met Niji from Agency Sync. Yes. He's out of Denver. Him and I had coffee a couple of weeks ago. Just talking to him, I mean, they're a very rare insure tech. He had no insurance experience, but he found a specific problem within getting agents appointed with carriers. Like that's a very specific problem that you can create a very specific solution for. That's very hard to find. Like that is not easy. Those usually don't exist, which is why our product is so big and expansive because we have so many problems we need to solve. So it's just kind of interesting to meet these people that have solved these very specific problems that existed and, you know, their, their business just skyrockets. It's pretty wild. Whereas you and I, I mean, we're creating systems across all different types of workflows. So it's kind of interesting. And like the business and complexity and everything yeah. else. And meet carrier standards. Everybody knows carriers technologies are, are quite different, but it's, it's really tough. So be very cognizant if you're looking to start an insure tech on what you're building what the product market fit is, and what's the scalability of that product. You got to be very specific or you're going to get dragged down rabbit holes for years and it's painful. Very good advice. I think that what you guys have planned for this year is going to make it a very, very exciting year for you guys from a growth standpoint. So congratulations yes. to all of that, Brian. You guys as well. So it's mutual. So I always like to end up the podcast with the same question. Pressure's on, Ryan, because I've only had one, one, Duplicate out nice. of probably 70 some podcasts already. Nice. If you could pick one word or phrase to describe the future of insurance, what would it be and why? For me, this is an easy one. It's a small phrase. It's collaboration between stakeholders. Oh, that's completely new. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's something that is completely overlooked. Like I said, I think there's a lot of ego in our business. And I think there's a lot of what's in it for me in our business. When you look again outside the lens of your company by itself, and you look at what collaboration between agents and other technologies and policyholders can bring to your business, that's the future of InsureTech. It's collaboration because there's some amazing InsureTechs in the markets right now that do very specific things, just like Niji at, at Agency Sync. If we can start aggregating those technologies into workflows that 
make it easier for agents to use where they're not bouncing around to 10 different systems or having their clients bounce around to the email, text and phone and live chat and mobile app and blah, blah, blah. And carriers as well, if they're able to collaborate with these groups with a more open approach, I've confidently believed that everybody would win. So. Well, that's a good one, Ryan. We haven't had that one. So congratulations. <laughs> there we go. Still on a run. Nice. <laughs> well, thanks so much for your time today. We really appreciate the partnership and look forward to some exciting things ahead for us together, but also for you from a glove box standpoint, because you are getting people to think differently out there in the marketplace. So congratulations for that. Thank you, Denise. And thanks for having me. That's it for this week's episode of Future of Insurance Industry Leaders podcast. Subscribe to our market-leading podcast series available wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you for listening and be sure to tune in the next time.